Welcome to the latest edition of the Two Growls, One Roar podcast. Here today to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Sunday, December 17th, 2023, 1 o'clock kickoff in Charlotte, North Carolina. Atlanta Falcons are currently favored by three points. The over-under is 34 points. Welcome in, folks. I am so glad that I only have four more of these to do (laughs) at this point. I said it on X that I am so tired every week. If you follow me, every week I post the NFC South matchups, previews, really for my own sanity and sake, just to be able to quickly pull up my tweet, X, whatever, and see who's playing who within the NFC South. Because that was fun in the beginning because, you know, I'm sitting there tracking it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the NFC South is losing, the Panthers are losing, the NFC South is bad, the NFC South is still bad. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be fun, you know, as we get in late in the season and the Panthers are fighting. Ha! It's not fun anymore. Not fun when all three teams in the NFC South are competing for the division and we're sitting at home but I will say this from hearing some of the reports that come have come out this week from some of the players like our team is ready to spoil Atlanta's possible run at an NFC South crown somebody's gonna win this division we're getting closer and closer to a team with a losing record Winning the division, but somebody's going to come away with the NFC South. Still trying to figure out who in the world that's going to be. But let's dive in. Hey, folks, if you enjoyed last week's pod, I say last week, if you enjoyed the last episode, let me know because that's the ultimate goal moving forward. I'm not doing it in today's episode. I'm not doing the segments primarily because... I've only had time to sit down and think about the preview segment, or here I am preview, post-game breakdown segment. I will have a pre-game preview segment that I'll be putting together. I was going to try to wing it today, not the show, but winging, putting together those segments, and I just didn't feel like it. Like I was like, well, I could probably think of a few, but that's part of my end-of-year just planning for the show, figuring out how to how to streamline because I personally enjoyed this segment, you know, sessions a little bit more than kind of the normal flow of the show, really because it puts me in a box to think about certain things in a different way and highlight key areas and I'll I'll continue to improve that. In the off season I'll also continue the segments. You know, we're not going to be previewing any games or anything like that, but I'll still keep the same philosophy to to keep the show running and i'm ready for that too man because it's just been a pretty busy year you don't say right so we got a little bit of panthers news right one we're gonna be rocking black helmets i don't know if that means all black uniforms this week or black helmet black top white pants black white white not sure what the jersey combo is but fans 
hey, you know, when there's nothing to be excited about in the Carolinas, that that gives you a little bit of little bit of juice there. I am a, I personally am in favor of the black helmets more. I'd also like to see like a white alternative, similar to what we see with the Cincinnati Bengals. But we will have that going for us. What we won't have going for us is the fans in attendance that are Carolina Panthers fans. Now, Atlanta, short trip away, whether it's a flight or a drive. I looked at some of the resale prices for the tickets coming in, and I've seen everything this week from like $5 to $10. I don't know how legitimate it was. I guess there was like one ticket. And that's why for 45 cents, like if you're a solo single dude, you live in and around Charlotte and you just want to go to a game or if you're a person that wants to enjoy football, 45 cents to go to an NFL game. And I'm sure the taxes and fees, what will make it like $25 by the time you go through StubHub or Vivid Seats, SeatGeek, whoever you use. But hey, maybe, you know, nothing going on for you this, uh, this weekend. Go for it. So they won't have that going for them. Other news as it relates to the stadium. So if you follow the show, you remember way back when the naming rights to the stadium expired and there was talks or or thoughts that Bank of America was not going to renew the naming rights for the stadium, Bank of America Stadium, the vault, but they are. So we got news that Bank of America is going to renew or they did renew. Let's see. They extended the partnership. And I want to tell you the timeline, if I can pull it up here. You know, they've been the partner since 2004. So here we go. Yeah, since 2018. Oh, here we go. Throw in, throw, you know, Tepper had to, have, had to write this. Since 2018, Bank of America Stadium has grown from hosting around 10 football-focused events. Who would have, who would have imagined that an NFL stadium could host 10 football-focused events per year? Who would have imagined an NFL stadium could host eight regular season games as well as two preseason games? I, for one, would have never expected that, if if I'm being honest. (laughs) I hope y'all are watching the video. You can see the freaking sarcasm on me. But they went from that to nearly 40 major ticketed events annually. But that's not it. Attracting visitors to the stadium from all 50 states, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and 31 countries. Ooh, this includes the upcoming Duke's Mayo Bowl on December 27th that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss North Carolina and West Virginia with North Carolina sitting out Drake May and Tez Walker and all those guys. You don't want to miss another performance of a North Carolina football team under Mac Brown fumbling away the game. And I don't know, maybe they turn something on and actually win something there. Man, this was not where I planned to take this in the preview. And in 2022, more than 1.85 million tickets were distributed for Bank of America Stadium events. Look at that. We do know about the Copa America, we know about soccer. You know, I joke today, I wouldn't mind. I don't know why I am drawn into Charlotte FC as someone that's maybe watched like one Charlotte FC match. But I'm drawn into it, and I don't know why, but I was joked that I should, you know, 
in all my other spare time, spin off like a Ted Lasso type podcast where I, as a true football fan that doesn't know that much about soccer, tries to get in the, the weeds of the soccer community and understand. And hey, this actually ties together as we talk about news. Man, this this whole show today is just different. I promise we're going to preview the Falcons. Charlotte FC, owned by David Tepper, signed Dean Smith. And we've got all the Dean Smith jokes coming out, but my joke was not about Four Corners or any of those others that came out. My joke was, can he go and also coach the Charlotte Hornets? (laughs) Like, why not? And I say Charlotte Hornets, man. Charlotte Hornets, you know, when I think about where I am with this podcast it takes a lot of time and energy to be focused on the Panthers. It takes a lot of time and energy to even think about other teams. But I know the market is there, and I hope that I could get to a point where, if it's not me, I've got other people. You know, once maybe this thing starts making money, probably probably never going to make money, but we'll see. But once we get to that state where I can bring on other folks that want to generate content for the Hornets, for Charlotte FC... And for the Hurricanes. And then maybe potentially one day an MLB baseball team here in the Carolinas. I'd actually love to cover baseball because that was my like second passion growing up. I probably could have done a lot more with baseball if I'd remained healthy and wasn't hurt every other year. But, uh, well, I thought the article was going to detail exactly when... Hmm, No, I thought it would detail like when it would last, like the the naming rights. Anyways, good news, good news with Carolinas. And we joked, hey, it's still going to remain the bank. It doesn't matter because opposing teams are going to come in and rob us and their fans. Opposing teams and fans are going to come in and rob us of all of our joy. All of it taken away. So we got black helmets. We've got naming rights. I love listening to the Jordan and Jake podcast. If you don't listen to it, it's the easiest 22 minutes as a Panthers fan. Now recommend, I mean, I recommend any Panthers podcast, but I really recommend them hearing former players talk about this situation. You know, I listened to them this week. I listened to WFNZ out of Charlotte. They're my new go-to. I've finally grown out of ESPN radio. I listen to it a little bit, but I'm WFNZ Charlotte all day long. 92.7 The Fan. I've talked about T-Bone, who follows me. Eventually, I'll get him on, but I really love listening to him, the Kyle Bailey, Wesson Walker. It's fun, man. It's like I, I'm not in the city. I don't live there, but as someone who's far removed, I get to hear everything, and it's Panthers 24-7, Hornets, you throw in all the things that are happening in Charlotte, and it's just good for me. But other news is we are hearing that this Bill Belichick thing may be legitimate, one that Bill reportedly is done in New England after this season. Like that's the report that's coming out. We'll see what, you know, if there's validity to that. And then you get the, this other like leaked report, I think it's SB Nation, saying that David Tepper did want to explore, you know, once Frank was fired, what it would take to get Bill Belichick in a trade with New England. And I'm like, I said it today, like, I 
like removing Bill in this situation, how do these things keep getting leaked? Because we are putting ourselves in a position where we are not able to have the most bargain power when everyone knows and understands that that's what we're trying to do. You don't have a lot of, of, of power to negotiate. And so I say that because if I'm the Patriots, now it's like, well, do we hold on the bill for a little bit and see if we can get some draft capital in this, you know, out of this deal where we were going to fire him? But hey, the Panthers are, are probably going to deal us a little bit of, you know, not that they have capital to trade. I'm sure they'll try to swing a uh, good old Brian Burns or something that won't even make any sense uh, into the mix. But ah, who knows? Now, let's look at the week 15 injury report. Again, I record this. I recorded earlier in the week. So we're really looking uh, early as usual. And I say, right, you know, go out, follow. You can just go to the team injury report, follow along during the week. Brian Burns did not practice today. Sorry. Screen wants to, to keep playing videos. I don't know why. But he did not participate in practice. Uh, it was a says ankle, but I also think just being a veteran. Quite a few other guys, uh, a few of them with rest. Troy Hill, J.C. Horn, Hayden Hurst. I think they should just shut down Hayden Hurst for the rest of the year. No, no reason to have him out there. Deshaun Jamison, D.J. Johnson, Justin McCray, Taylor Moten, Jamie Robinson, Adam Thielen, who's resting, and Ian Thomas. Good gosh. The MASH unit is alive and well. I will say coming into this week, the Panthers did not practice on Monday. You know, victory Monday, but there's no victory here. Uh, at this point, though, you you have four games to go. Give the, the guys some time off. What's it going to hurt? Just give them some reset. And that's what's, what Chris Tabor did. He gave them a reset. And they got back at it today. And so we are going to prepare for the Atlanta Falcons. And we are going to prepare to try and win. You know, I looked at the NFL's preview of this game. It's funny. If y'all follow along, I talk about how at the beginning of the season, a lot of these previews, 10, 11 minutes. Today might have been a record. It was like three minutes, 10 seconds. There's not that much to say. Uh, Atlanta's competing for a playoff spot, needs to win this game. Carolina's just ready to get into the offseason and move move this whole entire season behind them. Flush it. Flush this season down the drain and move on. Now, these teams battled in week one. Bryce's debut, 24-10 loss. We know they got the better of Bryce in that game. He had two interceptions. Thought about, you know, are these rookie mistakes? They were sitting on the routes, and here we are. What is it, 13 games now into the season? And I think, I don't think we're going to see much difference. I'm not saying Bryce is going to come out and throw, you know, however many interceptions this week, but I wouldn't expect him to light it up. But on the opposite side of the ball, you've got Atlanta, who's like trying to figure out what they're going to be, what their future is going to be. They've got so many. You talk about, Carolina versus Atlanta in terms of skill position players surrounding their quarterback. They just need a quarterback that can figure out how to be a quarterback. And Desmond Ritter, I don't think, is the long-term solution. If I'm Atlanta next offseason or this coming up offseason, I'm calling 
the Chicago Bears to inquire about Justin Fields because you know they're likely going to want to move on from him. Go ahead, find out what his number is. See if there's any way that you can get Justin Fields and see what it, you know, give him like a one or two year deal, make him prove it. And I mean, this is, I shouldn't be recommending, you know, other teams to be successful, but if that was them, that's what I would do. And you wonder, and I know I'm, we're, we're talking Falcons this week, but I was also listening in on, you know, just decisions about, that have happened in the offseason, one of them being Derek Carr, and you look at our division, and I think that's what's most disappointing. When Derek Carr floated, you know, coming into Carolina, it didn't happen. Frank probably wanted him, I'm, you know, based on some of the things that we saw. But it's a, it's a tough time when you look at Desmond Ritter, how he's performed. Baker Mayfield did not do that great and beats Atlanta last week. He hasn't looked great all year. You know, he's had his ups and downs. It was just this division was open, and I'm ready to just close the chapter, though, just like you. Bryce Young was 20 of 38 for 146 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked twice in that first matchup, and Desmond Ritter threw for 115 yards. I tweeted this out, X'd it out, whatever you want to say, earlier this week as well. The number of quarterbacks that have thrown for more than, I believe it was like 250 yards against us. It's about eight. And it may be 200 yards. I think it's actually 200 yards or less. Eight quarterbacks. How how does that happen, man? Like, how do you make that make sense? We now have the fourth best defense in terms of yards allowed in the NFL the fourth best defense. And I talk about these last four games, and I know Tabor's at the helm. People are like, well, I'd love for us to get an offensive-minded coach and to keep Ejero Ivero. Ejero is gone. He's either going to get an opportunity to be the head coach here, or he will get an opportunity to be a defense, uh, head coach somewhere else in this offseason. This cycle, there's going to be a lot of names, and he's proven it. He's proven it with the injuries that we've come up against on the defense. We've given up points, but we talk about how those points are given up, whether Bryce is actually throwing a pick six, whether we have a fumble return for a touchdown, getting the punt block that was returned. And so the, the points that are given up are not totally on the defense from the box score. You look at also field position for some of those turnovers and points off of turnovers. So he's going to be able to just turn on the tape and say, yeah, this is what I can do. And, I, you know, for 80% of the year, whatever it was, I didn't even have, you know, half of my my starters that I had at the beginning of the season. And, and coaches or teams, a good general manager, owner is going to see what he has done or is doing, and they're going to want to take him. And I, I hope that he does find his spot. But for fans that think he's going to stick around to be the defensive coordinator again, with all the turmoil, he's also seen all this firsthand. Now, see the the candidate that maybe, as we talk about offensive coaches, that he's the defensive coach that we end up picking up. Could be, could be. Let's preview this a little in a little more detail. Whew, and there's not much to go into, but we are the 30th worst offense in the league. The Carolina Panthers are. Atlanta's 15th, so right at the middle of the pack. Defensively, pretty good defense as well. 11th 
in total yards allowed compared to our fourth. We are 31st in passing, 21st in rushing, although I did um, X this out as well, that over the last two games, so we have two games in December, we have rushed for more yards as a team than we did in the entire month of October. And we're about 50 yards away from beating our total rushing yardage for November. So two games, we have more yards than we had an entire month, 50 yards shy of what we had in the other month. So you would think we would get over that today. I think as we talk about game plan and strategy, if we can convince Thomas Brown that it's okay to give Chuba the ball in short yardage situations and it's okay to run the ball in short yardage situations, that we have a legitimate chance to win this game. I'm not jumping into prediction yet. I'll, I'll hold off on that. Rushing attack, yeah, they have the sixth best rushing attack. We struggled to stop the run. You know, in the first game, I think they put up, yeah, 130 yards rushing. A lot of that was powered by Algier and then Bijan Robinson. Good, good looking rookie. So, what else we got? 2,300 passing yards for Desmond Ritter, nine touchdowns to nine interceptions. Bryce, 2,100, well, 2,192 yards. They both have nine touchdowns to nine interceptions. Rushing attack, Chuba Hubbard, 644 yards, four touchdowns. Miles, decent. These look good the last two weeks, 399 yards and one touchdown. So a little over 1,000 yards between the two. On the other side, you had Bijan Robinson with 790 rushing yards and 532 for Algier. Drake London had a pretty good game last week. We've seen a little bit of Kyle Pitts coming alive. Panthers, eh. We've got Adam Thielen closing in on 1,000 yards, 85 receptions, four touchdowns. Jonathan Mingo has yet to score a touchdown. Is this the week? We say that every week, and it's funny. We also used to say, is this the week that Bryce throws for 300 yards? Ooh, doubt it. <laughs> I'm a Bryce fan, so. Uh, total yards. They got us by almost 700 yards in total yards. Talked about passing, rushing, average yard per play. It's showing five, but they have to be, that both of us average five, but that has to be rounded up. Points scored. Let's see if I can pull this uh, while we're here. We have Atlanta putting about 19.3 points per game, and the almighty. Carolina Panthers putting up 15.1, so we are back below, you know, I think what second worst offense in Panthers history as far as points per game. Man, this is fun, man. We've given given up eight fumbles on the season. They've given up nine total interceptions. So I know they've alternated at quarterback. They've thrown 10 sacks allowed, 51 sacks. We've given up 36 for Atlanta. Time of possession is pretty even. Penalties, that's a thing that I talked about too on X, that penalties have gone down a little bit. That was an issue earlier in the year with Frank Reich, and I think we've seen some improvements on that side of all. I don't know if it's scheme calls what discipline, but it has been a little bit better as of late. All right. Uh, you know, this game 
I, I looked at the the NFL's predictions. Everyone's picking the Falcons, and if this, <laughs> it's hard for me. It's hard for me to pick the Panthers. They're going to be rocking all black. It's the Inspire Change game. I I know we'll be motivated, or the Panthers will be motivated, but at the same time, I'm like. We're just running out of gas, and maybe this week they figure it out. It is a division opponent. You know, Brown talked about wanting to send this team, the Atlanta Falcons or any other team, home to sit on the couch just like we will be, as in the Carolina Panthers, as we go into the postseason and playoffs, which I'm all here for. The passing attack, you know, we have been a pass-heavy team. That's dropped. You know, I think we were like we're floating around 64% pass. So relying on the run, and I've said it the last few weeks, and I said that coming into the season, that if this team was going to be successful, it wouldn't have been or would not be because Bryce is throwing for 3,000 yards or um, 3,000 is a lot, uh, 4,000 yards, 3,000 is a lot for Bryce right now. And so I'd like to see us continue to getting that number down. Just keep running keep pounding the ball that's what our mantra is and see where this goes i want to pick the panthers as crazy as that sounds i do want to pick them over an upset it's one of those where it's like hard for me to want to pick them just based off of what i've seen and how bad we did last week even though we were really in that we just got away you know we find ways to lose or to make the worst out of every possible situation i am uh, yeah, I'm picking Atlanta to take this game 24 to 13. 24 to 16. 24 to 16. I want to be shocked. I'm going up. Nope. 24 16. Yeah. I want to, I really do want to pick them, but it's it's tough, man. It's one of those like I, I want to see y'all win. It's not gonna be, you know, easy sledding getting through this with Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Tampa. Can we find one win out of that group? Like we know we're a top, you know, picking in the top five, not us, but Chicago. And as we look at the second, third, whatever rounds after that, that's where we're going to be picking. I got two things though, to close this out. And one is a hot take and pound cake. And I'm not throwing up the intro music, but I think it's worth a conversation because I've heard it a few times and it's something as a fan base that we need to accept. And it is looking at the trade up for Bryce Young. It has nothing to do with Bryce Young. It has nothing to do with his ability on the field because I'm not dumb. I know the situation around him with the weapons, with the offensive line, everything that's happened with coaches and turnover he's not in a position to be judged as an NFL quarterback this year. So don't like, you know, underestimate that. Also don't think that I'm a CJ fan and that I want CJ. You've removed those things and you have to go back and look at this trade. Like how, as we go back and and listen to the pressers from Scott and Tepper think that this was the situation this was the best situation for Bryce or whoever, insert whoever who was coming in, giving up a number one wide receiver 
and DJ Moore and the other draft capital, you can question that without questioning the player that we got in exchange for. And that's where I'm at because someone has got to, someone has to answer and in in some way, like someone in the, uh, a lot of folks thought this was it, that we drop in the quarterback and things solve themselves. But we've landed where we are. And it's the worst case scenario. It's rock bottom, as a lot of folks have said. And it's, I, I think you do have to, as a fan, think like, well, we did all of this thinking, you know, we we're getting this generational talent, which we do have. But at the same time, the thought process to get into that position was not the best path forward. And so I think that is partly Tepper, again, does he get out of the way? Can we put some blame on Fitter? Or can we please just get rid of him like now? It's hard for me to, to buy into him. Yeah, that's kind of your, your mini hot take. The other is fantasy football. I've done a terrible job. This is part of like getting into segments and, and creating segments on here done a bad job talking about fantasy football this year i have two leagues that i'm in one is a yahoo fantasy league that is like custom scoring complete and utter chaos to be honest so nolan he's in that league as well it's 12 teams he did make the playoffs so good for him i finished a whopping i'll tell you three and three and eleven I didn't even know I won three games. I was thinking I had won one. I didn't realize I'd picked up like two at the end of the year. I am setting my roster. I just forgot that I won won a few few of those games. But yeah, I finished three and eleven. Ugh, it's tough, man. Bad year. I picked last. The rosters are insane. It's quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, a wide receiver or tight end, a wide receiver and another wide receiver. It's ridiculous. And then a kicker, a defense, four defensive players, and your bench is like six deep. Three, four, yeah, six deep. So it's very competitive. This The scoring, too, is like very weird. Your quarterback puts up like 40, 50 points a week. Defense is the same. And it, yeah, it's a, uh, I should probably talk about it more next year. Anyways, I'm fighting in the consolidation bracket for a little bit of uh, pride. It's really what I'm fighting for. So I have that league, and then I've got the ESPN Fantasy League. Ugh, I picked number one in this league and had Justin Jefferson and the wheels fell off, man. But I finished right out of the playoffs. Actually, I actually think I was fifth. This was a 10-man league. This is your standard scoring. I don't know. I was trying to pull up. Final standings. Yeah, I finished sixth at seven and seven. So I did not make the official playoffs, but it was uh, pretty competitive. We had one team at 11 and three, one at nine and five, one, two, three at eight and six, two at seven and seven. So anyway, yeah, I'll be, be fighting on that one too, I guess, is, is the way it looks. But I need to do more fantasy football talk next year because I just didn't talk about it at all. But, anyways, all right, folks. That's all I got for today. This is Carolina Dad. Y'all have a good one.